Previously on Critically Stupid. I'll tell you. So, so there was, I had one, I had one day, I was, it was morning. I was at work. I was getting ready to tweet. I was like, I need a tweet. I need a Twitter. I need a tweet. I need something. I gotta, I gotta, well, I gotta, I gotta get the X out real quick. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Gotta fire off an X. So, so I literally write, there are two guys inside of me because they're werewolves. And then I literally hit send and I was like, wait, no, no. Yo, no, there are two. I'm getting DP'd by two going on everybody welcome to your dungeons and dragons real play comedy podcast critically stupid i am your host and dungeon master alexander james and my favorite part of last episode hands down was our lovely guest aaron who was making shit up on the fly and i had to just sort of run along with it the same way that the other players of this show usually do and i found that exhilarating and thrilling and delightful and other superfluous words uh bestie why don't you go next uh, hi, my name is Diana. I play Mel. I also have the wolf pup, uh, Joshua Patrick, Josh Pat, JPZ. I briefly had the wolf pup, Stefan Diggs, but Bestie wouldn't let me keep it. And that is, in fact, my least favorite part of last episode, because <laughs> I thought that if I then loved Stefan Diggs enough, then that one would be duplicated. And then I would have Dawson Hugs. And then if I love Dawson, and eventually I could build the entire Buffalo Bills team and you wouldn't let me do it. It's like you don't want me to be happy. Anthony. Um. I'm Anthony. I play Arnold the Bard, and my favorite part of last episode was the fact that Alex doesn't want Diana to be happy. Um, <laughs> was it your favorite part of this episode too? Yeah, yeah. No, my favorite part of last episode was that I wasn't sick. Uh, I'm obviously sick. Just want to point that out. Not great. Not great. Uh, no, but actually, like I, I completely loved everything that was going on. Like I like the uh, the giant crazy rat car situation and how the the our guest had such a wonderful character voice that i was just like oh you need to keep speaking forever please like i don't even want like none of us need to like we don't matter you do your thing we're just gonna be here in this rat car that's what i just read to us actually (laughs) just read to us and softly lull us to sleep yes please uh i think um uh hi everybody my name is dr doom and i play gareth the rogue 
and my favorite part of last episode and this episode actually um is just my clean breathable nostrils just really oh it's so good <laughs> damn Sorry. damn Everything is overrated, bro. Like, <laughs> Dear audience members, please join me in a moment of like concentrated double nostril inhale breathing. <laughs> Dude, I know, I know that just like fate, I'm gonna get a cold in like yeah. tomorrow during this episode. Yeah, like I'm gonna like good night, everybody. Like that's how I'm gonna leave this show. That's kind oh, of fun because then it's passing between us somehow, even though we're all in different states. Ooh, internet virus. Right? I like that. Gary, and I have a question. Do you come up with your names, like, on the fly, or do you come, like, prepared with what you're going to say? So, you lo- you know what? Normally, like, when we're doing our little pre-show banter, I'm, like, thinking of, like, okay, what should I do? But this one, I actually kind of completely forgot, and you could actually see the moment. I, I, I saw it. Fuck. I saw, I saw it on your face. Yeah. Yes. Doctor Doom yeah. wasn't super inspired. It wasn't your strongest, but I wasn't mad at it either. I think his strongest was I'm the stepson of that rich wet guy that was in that exploded submarine. Yeah. Oh god. You know, you know what honestly I think my funniest one was? Uh uh-huh. uh, I think it was uh hey everybody, I'm the stingray that killed Steve Irwin. <laughs> you know, there what well, I came up I came up with one when I was out and about and I remember I called Alex because I, <laughs> I I needed to like make sure it was cool. And it wasn't, so it was this not, part will get cut. But like, I'll, one... I'll tell you guys. Please, oh god, all right. Uh, I was gonna introduce was... myself. I was like, "Hey, everybody, I'm." <laughs> Let me have this. What about yes and? <laughs> <laughs> yes and me, bro. All right, let's do a cold open. So we have uh, today for our cold open in a dank cellar in the bottom of water deep sewers somewhere. There's water dripping in the corner there's a bucket of of questionable contents there's the flickering light of a torch in a in a hallway two contestants are preparing to enter a blood arena the door opens with a rusty squeal and a half troll guard uh, seizes one of them by like the shoulder and throws him out into the hallway and says, let's go. Uh, and starts marching them down uh, this hallway. And we pass like a crude training room with no equipment, but a set of wooden dummies and some straw uh, shields. There is a forge master with like a beaten cherry red, uh, hearth that he's like slamming a hammer into and creating like a crude pickaxe. And with every step that this half troll guard and these two contestants make down towards the end of the hallway where we can see there's like a light entering from a gate. There's like a muted roaring chant and like a beating of feet as a, an invisible crowd prepares for uh, their daily sacrifice for entertainment. Is so good ambience. That was pretty good ambience. I didn't hear a word of it, but I liked your sort of like <laughs> nice. Yeah, that great didn't audio. rely on great audio. Uh, so, Diana, I would love to know how these two contestants know each other. Um, they are brothers. Oof, bummer. Okay, uh, two brothers. You hate to see it. What are their names? 
Oh God, I'm not I'm not as good with the names as the other two are. They come up with funny ones and I just fucking blank every time. And I'm blanking. Every time. <laughs> I, I, I did notice that. Every time. Yeah, you, 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 you want you want to know my method for the magic here? Yeah. You just start saying a word. <laughs> <laughs> you pick you pick consonants and vowels as they come. You ready? Eulyptus. That's one. <laughs> Grakowski. Gr- Bang. Bonadante. There you go. This guy gets it. Malardia. The names. Which it's, we just Eulyptus and I don't remember the other one now. <laughs> it was Eulyptus and Grakowski. Yep. Right. There you go. So Eulyptus and Grakowski, the two Their uh, parents had really normal names though. They were just like Janet <laughs> and Kevin. <laughs> right. Janet and Kevin Janet and Kevin had Eulyptus and Grakowski. Yes. But uh, are they in that way? Are they in the group? They're in the crowd with like the names. Are they like? Yeah, actually, up yeah, they, Kevin they, they figure one of them will win, and then that's their favorite son. <laughs> they have so a sign with both names. Got a, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, so they can flip them around. Whoever's yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fighting for their parents' love. Also, okay. I, I I will say that the the joke about the parents having normal names. It's not like my parents have weird names. Sometimes they just give the kids weird names. That's a normal thing to happen. Probably because he came out looking like that. So, uh, I, uh Yolardia and that's Rikowski alarming walk down this hallway and <laughs> um, are bickering sort of back and forth, uh, about whose parent loves them more and who's going to win to win their parents' love. And they pass a uh, an, an arming station, an equipment station where a gruff goblin with uh, a scar over one eye, uh, barks at them to uh, take a, take a weapon, uh, Garion, what do these two lads grab for weapons? You know what? I'm so glad that you asked me this question. Yeah, he's having regrets though. Uh, Grakowski, because I imagine it's like a big, just like wall of weapons. Sure. Just as far as the eye can see, and they're all plastered up like it's an inventory in the video game, one by one. Um, and he's looking around. I think he picks up. He has two hands, so he gets two weapons, right? Obviously, sure. One he picks up is a chain whip, but you, you know the weapon. What are they called? Meteor hammers, where it's like a whip with a thing at the end. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So he takes a meteor hammer, um, and he kind of modifies the end, so he just kind of hooks a, a fucking knife onto it. Okay. Uh, so it's just basically a chain with a knife on the end. Pretty badass. Pretty cool. Uh, the second weapon is a sword that um, can light on fire. It's like dipped in flammable venom. Okay. That they, you know, real steampunky. Yeah, flammable sword and dagger whip. And then the other guy gets one weapon for the sake of brevity, and that is. He it only is a P five P two five hundred. I don't know what that is. It is a pistol. It is six six bullets in the magazine. Pretty simple design. Okay. Uh, so one of them gets a... Grakowski gets a, a dagger whip and a flammable sword. And uh, Yolardia goes up to the wall and picks out... He says, uh, oh, I think this is a some sort of 
hand crossbow, but uh, look at this, Grok. It's not there's no uh, there's no bolt that I can see. I bet it's enchanted. Um, and so Grakowski, I mean, he's got the advantage in a distance fight. Grakowski, who is I'm picturing sort of like a Biffalo Bulls sized hu uh, a human with like broad shoulders and like huge like farm laden muscles, standing there oh, with yeah, his no, he looks like Hercules dagger whip and flame and flaming sword, sneers down at his younger punier brother who's standing there with a sleek black hand crossbow. Um, and Just call it a gun. <laughs> before before they step onto the ramp leading to the arena before they step fully into the chanting raucous cheers of the crowd screaming for their daily allotment of blood the two brothers see the fiend and or person that they are uh facing as a third in this confrontation being pulled from the beast pit anthony who or what do they see being pulled out of the beast pit to be the third in this arena? Um, I hope it's, it's another brother. No, it's Gerard Butler. Like specifically, Ooh. just Gerard Gerard Butler. Like it has to be. So the two brothers see a massive man with a rippling fourteen pack uh, step onto the pit leading out of the beast pit. It's uh, or step onto the platform leading out of the beast pit. He's wearing a blonde wig and assless chaps and he's holding two spears. And as the gates roll up on this arena, the two brothers step out into the sandy floor of this of this fighting pit, and the crowd is screaming, and they look up and see their parents flipping their sign with their two sons' names on it. So it's Eulyptus and Grakowski, Grakowski, Eulyptus. Um, but we pan over to the most important person in this arena, and that is... Uh, towards the end, on a raised dais, a pale man with lank white hair and olive eyes. Olive-colored eyes, not olives for eyes. Important detail. Important, important detail. Super important clarification. Uh, steps up onto the platform and says in a high-pitched, quavering voice, Let the bloodshed flow. And then a klaxon screams, and the crowd screams with it. And we're going to cut to black right there. Uh, let's do a smash cut to you, Ding Dongs. Smash cut. Um, standing in front of a fabulous wrought iron gate, you are looking into a courtyard of one of the most lavish mansions you've ever seen in your life. It's set back from the road by about 500 feet and the space between the house and the road is filled with swaying trees and manicured gardens. And there's a glass like greenhouse with lush uh, verdant plants curling out of the open windows. And there is a uh, an attentive security guard in like a like a blue tunic and cape standing in front of the gate and he um, eyes you as you as you approach and with a burly sort of growling voice he says yes can i can i assist you yeah we want to talk to miss uh romeo halligtree uh romalia haven tree is this the yeah that, that's the one that's what he said that's what he said are you invited Yes. Yes. What is the name of that I should tell this steward? 
We're the Harper. We're we're part of the Harper organization. Can we say that? Uh, right. He, our name is Harper. <laughs> it's Harper. Yeah. So that is sure. our last name. We are a triplets. <laughs> your your combined name is Harper of the the Harpers. Is that what I'm getting? That's no. It's our right last. Now. Our last name is like we as a family are called the Harpers. Or... It's our band name is the thing I'm a musician. Ah <laughs> oh, fuck! Why didn't I just go with that? That makes so much more sense. It's too late. We're triplets now. All right, all right. We could be triplets in a band. That's I right. mean, fam- like I don't know the Partridge family. Um, I think the security yeah. guard like goes. There's there's a there's a, a sort of a turret sitting on one side of this gate. Um, with a little grill window and the security guy goes over there and like whispers a name and a, a, a shadow form on the other side of this grate goes uh, and the guard comes back and says I'm uh, so sorry I have no uh, Harpers on the schedule is there perhaps another name that you would be invited as <laughs> the first thing I was about to just like, but yeah, can I just like see the list real quick? <laughs> can I just just pass me that? Make me a persuasion check, please. Gary. No, I'm not gonna do that. That's why I... <laughs> that's objectively a bad plan. Yeah, I did. I thought about saying it and then didn't. Funny say would it be it if and he then... rolled like a twenty though when he handed you the fucking list? Yeah, but. I think I think I've like rolled four natural twenties in my whole life. Fair. Uh, okay. Fair. So uh yeah, yeah, uh 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 fuck Gareth. Uh yes, of course. Uh, let me uh he goes back to the window. To clarify, it's just Gareth, not fuck Gareth. He's already he's already out of your shot. God he's already at the it. window. Uh, and this time the shadow figure on the other side of the grill like points, like you can see him like pick up a clipboard and point, and then there's sort of like a dubious glance in your direction. And the guy comes back and it's like 15 feet. Like this guy's making this, like you can see he like walks all the way over there, stops, walks all the way back and says, oh, I've got a, uh, I've got a regular Gareth, but I, I don't quite have a fuck Gareth. It's perhaps, we're at the perhaps, wrong house. Perhaps that's put, uh, what you turn into at night with your mother. Uh, you know what? Weirdly <laughs> phrased insult. Fuck is a title, and I find that very offensive. I am so sorry. I'll have your job for this, you know. I... I'm going to see your boss right now. <laughs> literally, literally beg your forgiveness. Um, and he, you see him actually like, start to drop to a knee and then like think better of it halfway down so he's frozen in like a half kneeling and then he just sort of says the gate is open if you if if you would like to just go oh have a great one man <laughs> i like pat his shoulder as i pass him. <laughs> he stays in this awkward half kneeling bow as you three and josh pat walk through the gates you guys walk through uh the courtyard of romalia haven trees mansion it is full of lush plants and elegant uh, garden beds, and there are um, gardeners like talking to each other and, and pointing out like new features. There's a water fountain, but a uh, liveried steward 
meets you as you're approaching the house um, and greets you very cordially as a group and uh, ushers you in and says, oh, "Milady is Milady is just in the the library. I'll, I'll I'll show you right in. It's it's the private one, so it's not quite as grand. You'll have to forgive us a little bit of a mess." And takes you through this house. Now I'm curious how your characters would feel about going through a, a luxurious mansion like this because the only example that I can think of in at least the memory that this show inhabits is uh, Lady Yala Gralhan's mansion, which didn't exactly go your way. So how are you feeling going into this mansion to see Romalia Haventree ostensibly about the stone unless you guys uh, pull a little switcheroonie on me? I think uh, that Gareth... Gareth, you know, has a lot of opinions about money, right? Um, totally. But yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I think at the core, he does he doesn't spend it unnecessarily, and he thinks that this big of a house that's just used like to live in, because like we have people in our establishment, hence the size. This is just like this lady's crib. That's crazy. Okay. In a like crazy in a good way. Like, are you impressed, Gareth? No, I think it's like fuck waste. rich people. Yeah, yeah. Eat the eat the rich. <laughs> All right, interesting. I like the. Let's I, see if she wants to explore the Titanic. Damn, uh, I like the dichotomy that you're building, Gareth, in your character of like desperately wants to be rich, but also hates the rich for their lavish waste. I think that's well, no, really it's like, I don't want to be rich. I just want to have a lot of money, you know, like. <laughs> Interesting. All right. That's cool. Uh, Bessie, what about you? Um, I would be, I suppose, a little bit apprehensive based on what happened last time and the stone it's been uh, has had us encounter many problems along the way and and we're not like we've heard that she's good but then we also had some other people claiming to be the harbors that weren't so good and oh. like yes before before we like go in and talk to her should we figure out who has the stones and like because there are two stones and three people so should mr pockets carry both of them should we split them up between two of us what do we think the play is here? No, I'm with Gary. I was like, I've been, that's been on my head, like in my mind the whole time too. Like, I, I like to say like, since you did give us this power and I wanted to bring it up before, like on the way to uh, Romalia Haventree's place, I would like Arnold, I mean, I I imagine we examined the stones to the best of our abilities and we've come up with the fact that they look identical and there's something- Literally identical. Identical. So what I, I just want to say like Arnold wants to use like his disguise kit or like painting um, to just kind of make a mark on each stone. Okay, okay. cool. So Gareth Holy has, shit, there's a cat in your background. Sorry. Yeah, Nimbus is Nimbus doesn't like the what's up, dear listener? I have a cat named Nimbus. I've cut all of the bullshit out before you're hearing this because there's about five and a half minutes of just logistical nonsense. Um, I have a cat, his name is Nimbus. You'll see him crawling around my background. He's very cute. You walk through this rich lady's house, and it is almost to a detail the same as Lady Yala Gralhuns. It's got a conservatory with a with a baby grand piano in it and a dance floor. It's got a greenhouse overstuffed with luscious plants. This steward walks you past a grand library with swinging ladders and gold chandeliers. There are statues in the hallways. You've seen rich people houses before. And I think there's nothing about this house that's special until this steward takes you through a small side door outside again and takes you through a more wild part 
of sort of around the side of this sprawling mansion where the manicured gardens have been turned in for wild plant beds that sort of grow and abandon. And there is another small glass greenhouse, but it is chock-a-block full of a variety of like neon colored flowers just growing as they will. And nestled in all of this like sort of wild shrubbery is just a tall, crooked, leaning wooden shack. And the steward le- uh, opens the door for you and says, oh, this is uh, r- 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 right, right this way. Oh, she a witch. And inside, you see another smaller library. The shelves are floor-to-ceiling and snaggletoothed and packed with so many books, they look like they're going to fall out into the heaps that are already stacked on the floor. There's like a little raised dais at the end with like a couch and a blanket and a pillow and a table leaning and creaking with the weight of the piles of books on it. And from the light of a dusty sunbeam slanted across these books, uh, Lady Romalia Haventree looks up from the massive tome that she's reading and says, Oh, uh, hello, hello there. It's lo- lovely to see you again. Um, uh, please, please come in. Would you like some tea? Just to clarify, this lady lives in a library inside a shack which is by a tree outside but also inside of a mansion so the shack is adjacent to the mansion okay got you so because when you said into the mansion and then you went outside again yeah when you said that for some reason i pictured like a courtyard in like in the middle of the mansion almost like how Mm -hmm. central park is in the middle of new york that is i've never heard anything that described to me that is more obvious of a witch in disguise. Let's get into it, man. Duck under the table. <laughs> Let's find out. I got surprises for you, Ding Dongs. You don't know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I broke into your house. I read you all know? your shit. What do you know? Go ahead. Say it. She's gay. Damn it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't actually like it matter to the store at all. This is the fun fact. Uh, <laughs> There he goes. That was the I, joke that he had some quitting. I, I was, was, was going to say, I was like, too far. that right. was a, a, not the, the Koran joke, the that one. <laughs> Damn it, Bessie, I got to cut that out now. <laughs> okay. Um, so she asked you if you'd like some tea. No, thank you. The last time we accepted drinks from somebody else, we had a life-changing trip. It was, you know, it happens to the best of us. Oh, d- uh, delightful. Yes, of course. I, I, w- I would naturally be suspicious if I were in your shoes as well. Um, please, please, please sit. Um, uh, Terrence, <clears throat> Terrence, can you bring in some extra chairs from outside? And the uh, delivery steward brings in, seemingly out of nowhere, like three or four like lawn chairs and sets them inside this like sort of like crooked library. It's, it's cramped, but there is enough for uh, all four of you or five of you with Romalia Haventree to sit around this table and sort of look at each other over these stacks of books. We, we 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 have some questions for you, Miss. Of course, yes, yes. Um, I, I'm happy to be of, of any assistance. I must say, I do want to thank you for your assistance the other day with the slight um uh, carriage issue. If you if you will remember, there was a sort of issue with a carriage and um a, a stranger who was in it threatening my my life, and then um you you of course rescued me very courageously, and then there was that in- incident with the blue whale. I just want to say thank you. Um, I have handled the city guard, so they shouldn't be bothering you about that. Um, 
all of the other escapades you've been getting into since then, of course, I, I'm, um, don't know how much I can help with that, of course, naughty, but, um, yes, uh, thank you so much for your help. Well, of course, it's just so, so fortunate that I happen to be strapped to the other side of your carriage. Anyway, Mel, what'd you say? I said, oh, and in case you were wondering, the whale was completely healed. Was it fine? The, it was healed. That's, are you quite sure? It, the, oh, gosh. The, wounds, the wounds looked very serious from where no, I totally was. Well, the whale is gone, which is the real important <laughs> part. But you, but she said, but, but you said quite healed. Yes, you said yeah. fine, and I'm, I'm just sort of curious what that means to you as a person. I test healed him. He's fine. Now listen, dear. I don't mean, to, I don't mean to quibble. I don't Look, mean to the woman's it. saying she's saying that the word the whale is completely fine. You understand? Like he is a fantastic whale. And then Arnold's like. Do I have to keep doing this? No, I'm my the... dear boy. I'm I'm quite aware that you were adopting a persona. I okay. am the I am. I really the, appreciate uh... it. I'm so sorry about all of that. You know, we were trying to go through this whole thing. <laughs> but but like like she said, uh, yeah, the whale's fine. We do have a lot of uh, really important questions for you, though. And we're I'm, uh, thank you for letting us into your home. Of course, yes. Uh, I'm I'm happy to be of any service. I know that you've been. Um, sort of wandering around and not in the dark of course you've had your own answers you've, you've you've spoken to some some real characters that devil star song my 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 what a what a charmer he is huh? um but um yes you of course you would have some questions and i am i am here to help yes uh how much if anything really do you know about the stone of galore My, 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 dear boy, it's straight to the point. I respect it. I love, um, I no beating around the bush, as it were. Um, uh, I know quite a bit about the Stone of Galore, both uh, from my own archives and um, the little whisperings of birds that I've got around the city, specifically in uh, Arond Gralhun's study after he unfortunately perished at the hands of Erstal Um, A number of those books made their way to my study here, and now I uh, am in... Uh, in the know of a certain uh, number of things about the Stone of Galore. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so we heard it was, you know, streets are saying uh, that it's some sort of key. Yes, yes, it is in fact a key to a vault under the city uh, uh, in which Daigold Neverember, um, son of your companion Rainier Neverember, uh, or companion daughter, is father, a strong, me, excuse, strong me, word. Father of your um, erstwhile companion Rainier Neverember. Um, person we yes. have been seen with. Embezzled half a million uh, gold boobies and hid them underneath the city. Um, Yes, the Stone of Galore will grant you access to the vault. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. I know you're full of questions. Um, my dear lady, would you like a snack for your um small papa there? He seems to be uh, snoofling around some of the books. They are um unfortunately not edible uh for the boy, but I can have my one of my servants fetch uh just a little snack for him. I don't obviously it's your it's your dog, so I don't want to overstep as as a pet parent myself. Where is he? Like someplace specific? I think or... Josh Pat is just sniffling around some books. He's just sort of like moving around. I know there's a lot of books. Do I see anything else? Anything else specifically about the stone? Or like, are you just sort of like doing like a once over to see like what she's like reading one, about is, immediately? Is there, is there anything that I would notice that's not normal? Is there anything that could potentially be dangerous? Is there anything that yeah. isn't a book? 
Give me a, let's just do a basic perception check, Bestie. If I had pulled any of these books, would the bookshelf rotate? <laughs> it's a big, it's a big mansion, a lot of rooms. Lot of, Dude, lot if of... I'm if I'm rich one day, I'm absolutely having a secret room behind the bookshelf. Oh, for sure, right? 14. 14. She seems to be reading from sort of sort of just like general history tomes, Diana. Like you see entries for the city and a little bit of the history of like the guard and the militia. Um, you check the spines of the book sort of in the immediate table that she's sitting at. And they're all along that same vein. There's a couple of gardening books, a lot of like history of the city and um, some sort of like arcane tomes. Nothing that would like raise your eyebrows in terms of like danger or harmful information. Would you have, would you recognize, is there anything different, um, like unique about the stone? Would you, would you recognize it if you saw it? Let's or say it more right importantly, the one or two that looked exactly. Or like more it. importantly, do you know where the stone is? Well, I'm, I'm quite sure that I could identify it in, in a, a medley, um, as far as knowing where the stone is, I do believe it is in, in your pocket, dear boy. At least it was the last time my little bird sang to me. You might have shuffled it amongst the amongst the three of you, but um, I do know that you are in possession of it. And I do, I am quite capable of uh, uh, identifying the stone. It does emit a very powerful uh, magic aura um, that if you can, if you can attune to the sort of um, vibrations of it, it, it will identify it in, uh, in a pinch. Oh, good to know. Um, listen, uh, uh, Dave Starsong, Captain Starsong, um, said that you could kind of help fill in a lot of gaps because there's, you know, we, we've gone all over the city on account of the stone. And, and at one point, I'm pretty sure it talked to us. Yeah, we've been told that it it's some sort of creature or there's something going on. Is it alive? It now this is this is a recent uh, development in the research uh, that I've been doing. You can see I've been reading on the on the history of the city here on this table in front of me, um, sort of pursuing this the skein of uh, of knowledge that you you bring up yourself, Master Arnold. And I I am unfortunately going to be the one to tell you that yet yeah, it is alive, uh, the stone in uh, in your pockets. How much do you know about Abeleths? A lot, but why don't you tell us, tell these guys? Of course, of course, of course. Um, Aboleths are, or rather were, a sort of, gosh, it's, it's really, it's really quite difficult to, to talk about them. Um, imagine a nightmare monster from your childhood dreams, or rather nightmares. Mm, um, a bear. Ab uh, Aboleths were no, no, dear Gath, no. Uh, Aboleths were creatures of primordial size and strength and power who lived in the very depths of the oceans, um, eating and channeling and doing whatever the damn well pleased. Imagine, okay, I, I'm, I'm being quite vague. I'm so sorry about this. Imagine an eel the size of three blue whales set on end with um, sort of a football field's worth of teeth at one end. 
that is an ableth. And then also give it the channeling and casting power of arguably some of the most powerful mages in the land. That is an ableth. And then, of course, give it a mind inconceivably powerful and incapable of love or affection or trust. That oh. is an ableth. The fuck well, does this have to do, to do with, with the stone? stone? So, um, more importantly, what is an abolith? So, an abolith, <laughs> you imagine three blue whales. <laughs> that is an abolith. Um, yes, of course, the stone. Um, well, my dear Arnold, it is time uh, to enter Lady Romalia Haventree's fairy tale hour. Welcome, once upon a time. Um, I say crisscross applesauce. Once upon a time, there was an aboleth of tremendous treachery and villainy and betrayal named Galore. And one thing led to another, and that's in your friend's pocket. You're saying he got into one little well, fight hold on. mom got scared? I, I do not <laughs> think now is the time for a TLDR here. That was the worst fairy tale I've ever heard. Now listen. I'm not here to tell you good fairy tales. I'm here to give you information. It'd be cool if you told us one at all. You just jumped from the fucking three blue whales, all in perfectly good health, by the way, to their I am. His you I skipped am some is... I saw the blue whale fall onto the streets, and I think it took more than one D8's worth of damage, which I know for a fact is the amount of health that a cure minor wounds spell heals for. So Listen. if you're going to look at me, dear lady, and tell me to my face that your fourth-level druid healed a blue whale for 4D12 worth of damage, then I'm going to call you a liar. Um, We saw it. What is yeah, the level? What the fuck are you talking about, dice? <laughs> what are you insane? <laughs> I realize, I realize it is quite an insufficient story. I'm, uh, there are breaks in the chain between um, Galore, the sort of mythos and and mists of legend that he lived in, in in the depths of his treacherous ocean, and how he became the stone. It. It it involves several of the archmaesters of the city and a number of political coups, and it is uncertain when the foul leviathan from the deep transformed into the stone, but it is certain that it is the stone that has found its way to the city of Splendor's Waterdeep, and that is um, sort of the the creature that your friend is carrying around like it is a pretty penny. In his pocket. Well, what the fuck you want me to do? You knew. Oh no. Uh, sorry. Um. Why is it a key? Yeah. yeah. Why is it also a key for for some reason? At a certain point, um, I believe Daigle's Never Amber did not create the vault that he hid the half a million gold boobies in. Um, I, I believe it was, he found it. It had already existed and had housed another, perhaps another treasure or was a, a, a hoard of some kind. And he not only discovered the vault, but then he discovered the key to the vault, which happened to be the Stone of Galore. Daigle's never ember. I've I've met the man. He's very charismatic, but I wouldn't describe him um, as exactly a, a mastermind of criminal endeavors. He, I mean, 
Point proven, he was caught embezzling half a million gold boobies. Not exactly a criminal mastermind. So um, it stands to reason that that he almost stumbled into the Stone of Galore unlocking the vault rather than creating it for himself. So so obviously it's 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 very interesting and very cool. I love learning all about monsters too. I see, we seem to have a lot in common. Uh but like what what really what makes you want to be an expert in this? Why are you so interested in it at all? Aboleths are creatures of nigh indescribable menace and power. The energy and magic that they were capable of touching in the depths of their oceans are things that our mortal minds would shiver away from. Even trapped in the stone, this creature is dangerous because should it ever be free, should its presence ever be even slightly let out of whatever matrix is holding it in that stone. Aboleths are or were world enders. They are capable of leveling entire continents uh, on the chances of a, of, a, of a flight of fancy, of a tantrum. There are records in the history books of entire civilizations being wiped off the face of their continent because an aboleth had a bad afternoon. You think if I swallow the stone, I'll get superpowers? I think if you were to swallow the stone, you would have a massively unfortunate number two, and <laughs> it would probably come out just fine. Now, no offense, my dear Gath, you are a darling boy, but you uh, do not possess the power to unlock this stone with your pooper. With your mind, perhaps, but not with the mind of your sphincter. The... Uh... There's um, nothing I can't do with the mind of my sphincter, <laughs> goddammit. You underestimate my booty hole. The most powerful part of him, actually. I don't know if you knew that, Romalia. You seem to know a little bit about everything. That is Here's a new one. That one's, that one's going in the Daily Journal under my facts column. And that's also better be going in the Twitter poll for episode title. I'll tell you <laughs> what. You underestimate the power of my booty hole. Anyway. Um... Oh, so, oh did, were you going to say something, Diana? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, my understanding is that everybody's after the stone because they all want the money. Is there anybody that wants it to unleash the thing? There are a number of as I understand it, parties in the city that would relish getting their hands on half a million gold boobies. Obviously, the Zentarim um, plead their charitable endeavors, but they want it to fuel a sort of underground network of drugs and weapons entering the city. The Xanathar Guild are a little bit more closer to the surface with their endeavors. They deal with uh, a trade of uh, bodies and... Let's just leave it as as... as less savory endeavors, the Xanathar Guild. Um, and to my knowledge, there are a number of nobles who want it simply because everybody else wants it. I don't believe anybody except you three, myself, and unfortunately, a mercenary that goes by the name of Erstel Floxen knows about the origins of the Stone of Galore. Well, I have good news about that Erstel fella. He's dead, right? Just double checking above the table. Yeah, Travis. Yeah, like we killed him, right? Uh, Gareth, give me an insight check, please. 
Oh. How could he possibly survive? If he's not dead, I'm going to be so mad, actually. No. Like, we wanted so badly to kill him, and you, first of all, threw a fit when we finally did. Probably because he needed him for this part, so now he's just going to say that they did the whole switcheroo on Big reveal! He's alive! I don't know whose blood it was now, and that's somewhat concerning. That is a 20. 19 plus 1. Noise. All right, all right, all right. You see Ramalia Haven Tree's polite smile dim a little bit, and uh, the one of the long, graceful, manicured fingers that's been sort of like fiddling with one of these books underhand um, sort of twitches at the corner of a page. And she says, ah, yes, that is another reason why I'm I'm quite glad you've you've come to me. Um, it seems that Erstel Floxen isn't as dead as perhaps you would wish him to be. He gonna be. I'm shooting him this time. Okay. Lady Meliora, I, I wish that your arrows would pierce him through his heart. However, from the information I am being told, um, that would not be much use to you. Pretty sure this guy's going to be... useful. It just makes me feel better. Pretty I'm sure this sure. guy's going to be as dead as Diana wishes she was. <laughs> He's just living out my dream of dying. Damn. Damn. Okay. Uh, more questions for. Oh, so I I want to ask. Um, so Arnold says, okay. Um, I feel like someone's owed some money. Then, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that our friend betrayed us in such a way. Uh, but, um, ma'am, would obviously the you know the stone of Galore has been the a stone for a long time. Uh, you know, like it, it doesn't just randomly turn into giant uh, eel bus situation. Um. Would unlocking the treasure beneath the city uh, unleash this beast? Is there a specific way to unleash the beast that we should know about? Yeah, like she would not get it wet or something? Yeah. You I should not, you should not feed it after midnight. After midnight. You know what? Okay, listen, though. This is a tangent, but... It's always after it's midnight. It's always after midnight. What the fuck does that mean? Does, does, does it, it never mean, like, eat? like, you, ha- you have to, like, to, like, sleep for eight hours? to 12.05? Or, like, what the fuck is after midnight? You could feed it at three in the afternoon, and that's technically after midnight. When does it become before midnight? I, have... I I always thought of it like from midnight to noon, you know, like don't feed it in the early part of the day. But I guess he clearly feeds it breakfast at some point. I have never once made it through a sitting of gremlins awake, much to my wife's dismay. I find that movie boring as tits. That sucks. No, I like it, but I get it. Because Sorry. like... What's the midnight thing, Anthony? Oh no! I mean, it doesn't make it. It makes as much sense as you think it does. It doesn't make sense. That's why they they make fun of it in the second movie. Like the second movie is all super. No, it's super self aware and like really funny. It's just one of those things. Like they're like, hey, let's poke fun of like how ridiculous this movie is. Well, like how did the first script get by and everybody reviewed it and everybody was in it and nobody was like, hold up though. Like it's of course not. Um, Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Yeah. Based on the readings that I've been doing and the people that I've had my little birds whispering to, I believe that the seal around the stone is weakening. I think that it is a ticking clock and it is ticking down in one of your pockets. Um, 
I don't know how much time is on it. I do believe that there are a certain levels of, of power that are required from the stone to open the seal to the vault. And I do worry that um, that, that level of power would increase the speed at which this clock is ticking down. There are, now, this is a, a spot of good news. There are a number of solutions that we have available to us to increase the time. Or 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 if, if you wanted to find the vault and you wanted to, God forbid, attune to the Stone of Galore to see where the location is, we have some options available to us in terms of what we can do to to increase that barrier between Galore and the world. But it is it is ticking down. Hey, yeah, go back like 15 seconds. You said we could attune to the stone if we had it to find the vault. Yes, so the not the the location of the stone of Galore is actually held within the stone. Powerful magical items you you three would know um require attunement that is uh you and your being and your person connecting with the stone and uh, sort of an exchange of ideas and it almost becomes part of you. Now, in this case, it would sort of be like connecting your innermost soul to sort of a crazed, psychotic, three blue whales long monster full of teeth and mayhem. Uh, Sounds like which, more best friends as far as I'm concerned. Just... Right, no, I do understand, Arnold, that you think everybody is your best friend and it is an admirable goal at best, but this... This is this is this is the world ender. Arnold's already planning where to get his tattoo of that thing. Yeah, that stone's it's gonna going take on my back a lot of world. room. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold starts unfurling loose skin, just like he, no, he reveals he's had like, like a, a superpower the whole this whole time. He can grow <laughs> limbs, <laughs> but he uses it he's exclusively. The, the, the Mister Elastic from the Fantastic Four. Yeah, Plastic Man. Mr. Fantastic, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, if we could do something to, like, prevent this Leviathan of sorts from ending the world while we hypothetically find out what the vault is, that would be nice. Um, I have heard mention, um, sending my birds uh, flying throughout the city, of a shard of it's a shard it's called a shard solitaire it's a magical item that essentially enhances a holding field on something it's a, it's a it's a it's a space between planes for whatever you need it to be and i believe that should you want to attune to the stone should you want to open yourself to this monster the shard solitaire should at least bind it to one place so that you have a chance of doing this without it destroying you completely. So where could we find that? Yeah, you get the idea for that? Or... Yeah. I mean... <laughs> How well do you know Captain Davil Starsong? Not as well as she'd like to, am I right? <laughs> True. I would like to know him better. I don't know. He asked me on a date, and but biblically, yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I mean, be so real. Dream. I've seen okay. David once, and I wasn't really. I just kind of ignored him. Playing hard to get. The lovely it wasn't a good last meeting. Um, the lovely you've seen uh... a little bit about everything before you. 
the lovely captain of the um, Zentarim is more than he seems to be. You might remember your first encounter with him um, being on a ship of sorts yeah, in the Waterdeep Harbor. Yeah, there was some Harbor. blonde bitch all up in. So there was a there was. Um, okay, I don't. That know would why be I the that would be of course uh, Lady Landauer. Yes, um, there was a a brief fling in the nighttime between uh, the captain and, and the Lady Landauer. However, I'm told that that um, assortment has come to an end. Um, captain Star Song is a little bit of a rascal shall we say, and um, has had not one, but two of his uh, ships blown up by the Xanathar Guild, which, of course, does not endear him to the Xanathar Guild in the first place, but I, I suspect you know a little bit about our sort of underwar underground civil war brewing, so that won't come as any surprise to you. However, what might come as a surprise to you is that the reason Davil Starsong was so uh, incensed that his ships exploded was because there is a secret third ship that our David Star Song has to his name that um hides cloaked beneath the bottom of his ships and it is where he keeps his vault. And I have it on fairly good authority that there is a shard solitaire in the vault of David Star Song beneath one of his ships in the harbor. Fuck yeah, we're robbing your boyfriend, Mel. <laughs> I mean that's fine. I guess I'm just a little confused why he wouldn't say he led us to you, Romalia, when he could have just said that. There are unfortunately a number of moving pieces in this race for the Storm of the Lord. I, I, despite my network of delightful birds, have yet to scry to the bottom of uh, our Captain Starsong's motives. There are times when he plays his cards on the table, and there are times when he plays his cards quite close to the chest. And him sending you to me, uh, though delightful as your visit may be, um, is a one of the scenarios that surprised me, and I'm not a lady that surprises easily. Do you know the name Floon? Roll me an insight check, Diana. Question above table for Alex and Diana is if we do in fact end up robbing David Starsong, uh, what's the over under on Mel like distracting him over like a romantic candle at dinner while me and Arnold do like a heist shenanigans? Holy shit! I see like I see like a private yes. candlelit dinner in like a cabin with like suspicious thunks and bangs going on under the floor. And oh, yeah. it's like, what's that? And Diana's like, don't worry about it. Look at me. Yeah, at some wow. point, me My me heart. and Arnold are like passing behind him holding something really <laughs> like holding something really big. And, and then like walking Mel a whole ass statue. Yeah, and then Mel has to do the classic, like, grab him by the face, like, no, whoa, don't look that way. <laughs> okay, uh, Diana, what'd you get? 18. 18. You see Lady Romalia Haven Tree's eyes narrow. And she looks down very briefly in her lips purse, and then she says... I'm, uh, yes, I'm a little familiar with your Floon Blagmar. Uh, he is a difficult, a difficult man to get details on, it would seem. Um, much, much more than I would have suspected. Uh, being, being the son of, uh, a wealthy, a wealthy merchant here in the city. 
I even tried to get his records from his employee, like his background details, and yeah, they didn't have shit. Yeah, it turns I I had no idea, but it, it, it turns out that uh, Trolls Come Mana doesn't require I-9s or social security numbers, which seems like a flagrant disrespect of the sort of water-deep hiring code. Yeah, involves. you know what? Our hiring codes are pretty lax. We do have one requi- requirement, though. You'll be happy to know. Uh, pulse. Ah, uh, yes, of course. You don't hire the dead, and this is something I respect of you deeply. Or, or the undead, which is a specificity I did not expect having to enforce so often. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Diana, she says... Um, do, you, do you know his father? We heard he's sick. Biblically? Bi- fuck. Biblically? God damn it. Biblically? Got it. Biblically. Nailed it. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Do we want to come back after we pee so we yeah. can take a Let's take a pee break, break so I can fucking go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the mid Just a couple of seconds of your time. I'll have you right back to the show, Lickety Split. As always, I'm Alexander James. I'm the Dungeon Master. I don't know why I'm introducing myself. You're not going to listen to this at the beginning of the show. You're already in the show. So what am I doing? That's the question. Today's announcements will be done by a German man who is rushing his way through them because he's anxious to get back to Oktoberfest. <clears throat> yeah, my lieblings, are uh, so good to see you. Um... My name is Franz. I am doing uh, your advertisements for today, but I must be on my way because they are serving the, the fresh sausage and the, uh, the schnitzel. And I must, I must run. I'm so sorry. These players here are playing um, the Waterdeep Dragon Heist. It is a Dungeons & Dragons official module written by uh, Christopher Perkins, uh, Scott Fitzgerald Gray, Kim Mohan, and uh, Michelle Carter. Um, it is a most wonderful piece of literature. And if you go to uh, wizards.dnd.com, you will see all of the wonderful um, activities they have there for your children and for yourself as well, should you, should you enjoy them. Uh, if you would like to end up as a character on Critically Stupid, you can go to criticallystupid.com. Uh, fucking criticallystupid.com. I don't have a website. If you would like to end up as a character on Critically Stupid, <laughs> I'm turning Romanian. What the fuck? It's fine. It's fine. If you would like to end up as a character on Critically Stupid, you can tweet the show at CritStupid. You can also tag them in a video on TikTok. I'm a little bit Romanian now. I'm sliding into Transylvania. The more we go, <laughs> I, got, I got to pull it back. Get at the show, Critically Stupid, and uh, let them know what you think. Let them know if you think they're doing uh, the funny jokes. If you think they're doing the dumb jokes, let them know that too. They're always looking for a way to get a little better. And you can end up as a character on the show. Your name can go into the into the show as a, as a person who is just a puppet of a person in the show. It's not you. You are beautiful and you surely do love the schnitzel and the, and, and the fresh wieners. <sighs> this is getting away from me, guys. <laughs> get at the show. Uh, at crit stupid, let them know what you think. Your name could go in as a future N- uh, NPC. The show is doing this big uh, YouTube push to get to a thousand subscribers. They are, I, mean, I think, less than halfway, but they are getting good progress. If you have not yet subscribed, they would 
dearly, dearly love it if you could. If you could recommend the channel to a friend. And uh, if that friend could recommend it to another friend. Sort of pyramid scheme style. That would be just fine for these ding-dongs on Critically Stupid. They would love it. They would love that. Love that pyramid scheme for them. Oh my gosh, I'm missing, I'm missing the floats. There are floats out there with the Hefeweizen and the Doppelbach and the other beers, and I'm missing them for these announcements. I must, okay, 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 I will finish. Thank you for being here and reviewing and rating and subscribing. Uh, the, the people on the show, Critically Stupid, they appreciate it very much. I do not because I am missing my float of beer and wieners, but I'm, I, so I must be going. But you are delightful, and I will see you maybe never, hopefully, but I'm sure Alex the DM will see you quite soon. Okay, I must go. Bye! What's going on, everybody? This is the sponsored ad segment of our uh, show. We are so excited to be sponsored by Libris Arcana, maker of fine dice. These guys do a really, really great job. They offer dice subscription sets. You can uh, sign up and get a new subscription set dropped at your door every month, or you can just go onto the site, buy one set of dice, cancel that subscription, and then you never have to worry about it again. They have dropped genuinely, genuinely, three or four of my favorite sets of dice that I own just this summer alone. For example, I've got on my desk right now, this is the the Ginger uh, Mule or the Moscow Mule set, something like that. But they're like golden green speckles and I'm like obsessed with them. And they're so easy to buy. You can go onto the website, you can use our discount code to get some money off. And yeah, I can't say enough nice things about these dice. Gary, what's your favorite uh, Libra Sarcana set that you've gotten? Uh, hey, everybody, it's me, Garion from Critically Stupid, and uh, I'm so glad you asked. My favorite set that I've personally gotten uh, has been, uh, let's see, Ancient Iron. Actually, it's one of the metal sets. Nice. Uh, right, reminds me a lot of Skyrim. Uh, I will say that uh, keeping it serious, keeping it outside the bit here, one of my favorite things about these dice uh, is they're so satisfying to put in a sock and beat people with. The weight is just so right for the arc of the swing and um damn it if i can't get enough of them anthony how do you feel about libra sarcana my favorite thing about libra sarcana dice is that i used to when my parents would leave me home alone i'd have to do this elaborate thing where i put you know cardboard cutouts in the windows so people thought that i was now what i do is i just leave dice all over the floor so people can step on them and hurt their feet like legos um i also i i have i have a slingshot i can you know also shoot at um anyone who would Come into my house otherwise and Libra Sarcana are specifically fantastic at this because they have those incredible metal dice I don't know if you if you're aware of this go check out their the site that they have all sorts of metal dice resin dice they're all beautiful and well crafted uh what are you Diana what do you like about Libra Sarcana um well before we get into that I just want to remind you Anthony that you are an adult now and you don't actually have to do the home alone thing anymore just I why I, I, I mean I, I we don't king shame on our podcast also <laughs> oh I don't all right. Did not Sorry. know that's where we were going with that. Um, yeah. God, I love it when so, she grabs that hot doorknob. <laughs> it was taking a very weird turn. Uh, Libra's Arcana Dice. Uh, I was actually just on the website recently, keeping it very serious. Because I actually, I Anthony, I owe you a set, and you haven't told me which one you want. Um, but but they have Agreed. some really beautiful choices, and and you guys should all uh, check that out. You can, uh, as as uh, Bestie said in the beginning, you can do a dice subscription. If you need to cancel that subscription for any reason, uh, it's super easy to do. It's it's like you click, I think, two buttons, and and no hassle. They don't uh, hound you with emails or anything to resubscribe because we know we hate that. 
Um, and then if you want to start up again, you can, and you don't ever have to talk to a real person, which for me, that's honestly one of my most favorite parts. Uh, so, so check it out, uh, go see their beautiful dice sets. You can do the home alone thing. You can put them in a sock and beat people thing, or, or you can just play D and D and, and have a great time with, with your beautiful dice. Use code stupid 20 at checkout for 20% off. Uh, again, that's librasarcana.com code stupid 20. Stay hafunculous. What's going on, dear listener? We are back. We have peed. We are refreshed. Everybody's got a beverage except for Diana, and that's fine. It's fine. We're all fine. We're having fun. We're all having a good fucking time. Diana, I believe you posed a question to Lady Romalia Haventry. I would love a reminder because I am on my third beer and have forgotten. Oh, fuck me. I, oh, uh, does she know Flume's father? Who is he? Ah, uh, yes. Something like that. It was worded better. Uh, excuse me. Allow, to, allow me to shed my skin and inhabit the skin of Lady Romalia Haventry. It is quite curious, dear lady, that you should uh, bring up Floon's father. I have, you would think that a wealthy merchant in the City of Splendors would leave a paper trail or a legacy to follow up on, but um, I have found my pursuits of this man stubbornly withheld. I I have sent my birds to discover um, not only the the nature of Floon's father, but the, the nature of Floon himself, Floon Blagmar, the the companion to the Ghost Mafia, the best friend of renowned author. Um, Volo Gedarm. Um, and yet I have found myself um, unable to ascertain certain facets of this man's identification. Um, do you know who Floon is working for, though? He I believe he is. Good. I believe well, he is employed by the Troll Skull Manor, uh, which okay. is owned by you three Bing Bongs. Um, okay, uh, rude. Yeah, very, very rude. I, I don't. I, I don't. We prefer. We don't. We don't like that very much. Uh, however, I do want to know. Uh, we've. We know he's been talking to some other people. Perhaps your birds have heard of him talking to someone. In the you know one of the various guilds. You know, looking for a way to get the stone himself. I I haven't heard anything of of Floon um, pursuing the stone. No, the the most recent, the most recent information I have was the, um, Floon Blagmar sort of took took a trip outside the city, or several trips outside the city. Actually, maybe some some months ago, he went north to the sort of wild mountains um, north of Waterdeep, uh, and then he went he went east where uh, he met sort of a village that had been recently attacked by wolves. And then he he made some trip south um, to the sort of wild forests. And then and then he came back. And it's, it's quite curious, actually, because th- I have no record of him moving through the city before these trips. It's almost like he sprang out of a hole in the ground um, bef- before he made some big announcements to several of, of my birds and, and the sort of voices that whisper to me in the darkness um, that I have here in the city. And, and then he left and f- on these four trips and, and came back. And that then, of course, you four, um, well, three 
and Josh Patrick uh, entered the scene. Did that make sense? Sorry, I've been drinking. Did that make sense, like, linearly, story-wise, narratively? So he's just been traveling around a lot, and then he arrived at Waterdeep, and there's no record of him. So Flo- there was no record of Floon until he left. He made several announcements that he was leaving the city on four trips, one to the mountains, one to the east to uh, a village where that had been recently attacked by wolves, one to the south to a wild forest, and then another one that she didn't specify. Automatically unhelpful. We still don't really know that much about Flu, and he's hiding something. If you will remember from pre-episode one, each of you had an encounter with Flume bringing you yeah. to Waterdeep. One of thought. you was one of you was north in the mountains. One of you was east in a or two of you were east in a village that had recently been attacked by wolves. One of you was uh, south to a, the wild forests. So what Romalia Haventry is? Remember which one I was. Um, I think you were. The, I think you were the forest, Bessie, if I recall correctly. But the point I'm... is that Romalia Haventry is telling you that. The first time she heard of Floon was him announcing to the city that he was essentially going out to meet you. So he was looking for us. He didn't just stumble upon us. That's what you're. That's what I'm attempting to show, not tell to you. But I've been drinking, and it's well. I, I'm saying I'm it out loud out. because in case the audience haven't put it, I'm the audience surrogate here. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sorry. Sorry. I'm dying. I'm dying over here. I tried so hard. He's got the Spanish influence. I do. I am dying over here. It's a nightmare. Okay. So. What are we doing? Dude, I don't know. I can't. I mean, I guess we're going to go rob David, right? We're going to get that thing so we can find the vault. Rob him? Yeah, to get the the, the shard. If so, I could go ahead, Arnold, please. Oh, I was just gonna ask. Um, did she answer my question specifically about like so opening the vaults doesn't unleash the monster, right? She said we can attune to the thing, and and that would protect us from it. Correct. Opening the vault, she said, would tick down the clock that is ticking on this creature's right. um, barrier between it and your world or your plane. Which is already depleting. It's, as already, it's, it's already depleting, but she, did, she didn't She did say, like, yeah, it would, it would fully remove the barrier. Okay. Okay. Got it. Hmm. So, okay. Um, so, uh, ma'am, how, uh, if, if I were to show you the stone, what would you have to look at in order to recognize if it were the authentic stone? Oh, that's a lovely question, Debo. Thank you so much for asking. There are a number of spells that I have at my disposal that could sort of identify the stone. Um, I, I assume it would be a simple matter of of uh, a spell cast. Okay. Um, is there some way? Let me see. I want to. I want to ask her if she's interested or if she's able and willing to help us but i want to see if she's gonna lie i think i I don't want to to, how do i word this um i want to see if she's going to be suspicious about it you know but i do i just want to ask her um if she's interested in helping us to recognize that the stone that we have is the authentic stone okay roll me an insight check first arnold and then ask the question knowing that you're going to be scrutinizing her answer Gotcha. Okay. Okay, I got a 17. 
Okay. Um, let me think. So, so let's say, um, obviously, uh, Mrs. Haventry, we, we know that a lot of people, yourself included, are very interested in the stone. Um, we, we, we would really like your help to know if the stone we have is the authentic one. We're not sure. We have some questions about it. Uh, but if how do we, we have it? <laughs> yeah. But how do we know, how do we know that if, if I were to show you the stone, how do I know you're not just going to take it or use some sort of spell to make it disappear or something? And we're just chasing it again. You don't have to know me, dear boy. Um, I am a stranger to you. You have, you three, four, including Joshua Patrick, have been through an ordeal and a half. I know all about the events of the Waterdeep Rumble, colon, Downhill Fury. I know all about your encounter with uh, our illustrious rogue, Davil Starzong, and everything about your your leaping between the feud of the Zentarim and the Zenithar Guild. You would have every reason to be suspicious of me i would be i would be alarmed if you were not I, the only thing i can offer you is my good name and the repute that i hold within the minor organization i am a figurehead of which is the harbors we we are here to help and and if you cannot bring yourself to trust me or us i fully understand and i would beg you not to show me the stone and not include me any further because this is no mere trinket you carry. This is think, we are playing we are playing with a fantasy gun with real bullets. I, I think Gareth will just be like, all right, have a good one then. <laughs> and like start to turn around. See ya. Um I mean we kind of need her to tell us we, we don't fucking know which is which. Okay. Oh, so can I ask her? Um. So, so Miss Haventree. Oh, let's just say that the stone we have isn't the stone of Galore, and it's just a rock that looks very convincing to me because I'm not the brightest. Um. If we were to find the vault and such, and and, and try to use the key, you know this fake key, would anything happen? Are there any booby traps or anything that you know of that would, you know, what would the result be there? I am. I don't know where the entrance to the stone of to the vault of Galore is or the vault that houses this half a million gold boobies. I'm I would be surprised if it were sort of unguarded or untrapped. I I don't believe there would be a repercussion of attempting to use the false stone. I simply think it would not work. Oh, okay. But that is that is my dear boy, my best guess we are starting to tread away from what i know into what i suspect and i can make an educated guess but of course i i you are the players in this game and i am but a, <laughs> so but a knowledgeable bystander unfortunately if only I mean, there she... was some sort of term for this uh and a knowledgeable player an np <laughs> bitch that's a kpc the, the joke is that Gareth can't spell, neither can Garyan. Yeah. Anyway. That's the joke. Um, yep, that's the joke. So um, I'm thinking that... Sorry, go ahead, Diana. No, I, I had a... It was kind of an above-table question. Uh, Romalia is the one who has to attune us to it, though, right? With the Romalia thing. can help you, help attune you to it. She has so at some the... Point she's going to have to know which one is the real one anyway. 
Well, the, here's my point. It doesn't mean we have to tell her now. Like, we could go get the thing and True. then bring it back, or we could... Well, well, my point is, will we have to, like, find out which one is real? Because we're going to attune with the thing, because then it'll show us where it is. And then we pick one. <clears throat> if we attune with it and it doesn't work, then that one's fake. If it attunes with it and it does work, then it's real. Or the fake one also works for some reason, which is also fine. And then we could get to the 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 vault. And then, you know, if it doesn't... It's like opening a key with a fake... Or opening a locked door with a fake key. The door won't open, so that's how you know it's fake. Well, we need to but attune to the right one, right? She's not going to be able to attune us to the other one. It, the other one's just a rock. Well, then if she can't attune us to it, we'll figure it out then. That's what I Yeah, saying. so I'm saying we don't need to figure it out w- because right. we will figure it out, inevitably. Yeah. That's what I just said. Oh, so we're just violently agreeing with each other. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, great. <laughs> I'm, glad, I, I'm glad this is all settled then. <laughs> so, so before we leave... Can can I just ask? Um, is there any? Could you? I know you have a lot of books here, and I um, I, I'm not. I also we also have a library. I probably don't have you know the same sort of books you have. However, are there any books you can recommend or maybe lend to us that would help us in the uh, tuning process if we aren't able to come back here in our journeys because they are treacherous and dangerous and such. Yes, thank you so much for asking, my dear boy. Uh, first of all, I would highly recommend that you come back here because bringing the shard of the, the solitude shard, the shard solitude, whatever the fuck I called it earlier, um, bringing that here would help the attunement process because, as I said, we could bind this Aboleth galore to one plane um, and sort of limit the the fiendish tricks that he could play on you in the attunement process. However, should you want to do it yourself, I can offer you two books that I highly recommend um, that would be immensely helpful. The first is this and she reaches behind her and goes to a shelf and pulls out like a slim silver tome with gold filigree and sprayed edges and she hands it to you and Arnold you read over the top it says proprietaries of attunement general and the deep magics of the sea and there's like a holographic wave moving over the front of it Cool. And she says, this has some sort of general spells about attunement. Reading it might perhaps grant you just a sliver of advantage, but my dear my dear boy, I cannot in good conscience recommend you try this by yourself. It is, this is, this is live ammo we're dealing with here. And of course, the second is this. Uh, and she reaches into the, into the shelf uh, sort of uh, ahead of her actually and pulls just behind Mel's ear like a magic trick. Uh, it's a copy of Deathless by Anthony LaFauci <laughs> and uh, Steve Wildcard. It's an amazing comic um, that everybody should sort of get on board with. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, she says you should read this because it's fucking incredible. You can get issue on at www.wehaveissuespodcast.com. You know, see, I'm mad because I was going to do the exact same joke except with the woodkin. It's not funny because, like, it's just the same joke but subbed in. Fuck you is what I'm saying. <laughs> you got it. You got it, buddy. Uh, also, but go yeah, check out Deathless. Yeah, check out Deathless, everybody. Um, is it on? Is it? Anthony, I'm so sorry. My memory is failing me right now. Is yeah. that the is that the one on Kickstarter? Is that the one that just finished? Or is that the first? That's the one. one? That, that one just finished. The first, okay. I mean, 
we're doing issue one and two so we're on deathless issue two now that's that's not available yet we just did a okay. kickstarter for it okay okay these books should give you a sliver of an advantage as i said before but i i truly truly cannot recommend that you pursue this without my aid should you should you find yourself in a a treacherous circumstance you might be able to use the shard solitaire of your own accord but and i cannot stress this enough meeting the meeting galore on an even playing field will likely result in one of your souls being crushed like an egg beneath a walrus's flipper nah, i think I'd like to right. volunteer as tribute <laughs> God damn it, Diana. All right. Any last questions for Romalia Imagery? No, right. I think I think that's everything. Perfect. You all uh, file out of this leaning sort of like witch cottage-esque library just in time to see a messenger throw himself off the foaming-at-the-mouth horse that just ran into this courtyard. And behind you, Lady Ramalia Haventree also exits and she says, my God, dear boy, are, are you okay? What's what's going on? And this messenger collapses to his knees like he's also been running, which is bullshit because his horse has been doing all the fucking work. And he says, my lady, it's it's just apostrophe. She's she's been we haven't heard from her. She's been on her mission for 24 hours. We think she's been taken. For once, we can't find her. <laughs> and uh, Lady Haventree says, "This, oh, this is this is, oh no, this is quite horrible. We sent, we sent her on a on a on a. She was with she's she's an undercover agent for the Hoppers, and we sent her on a mission to." to recover something of importance and and also to touch base with somebody in the Xanathar guild who who perhaps we thought we could we could flip into giving us information on the Xanathar guild um oh no See, that's what you get for hiring amateurs from Aria. and then Gareth goes to like hand her a business card but instead of having any of his information written on it it's just a picture of Gareth she looks I mean, at you, Gareth, and she says, "What? This is this is incredible. I I know that you are on on the path to saving this world and saving this plane, but do you think <laughs> that you might have a moment to to rescue Jess Apostrophe from her horrible, horrible circumstances? You might not know. You might not have heard of her. She does play things quite close to the chest, but she." She she goes by a, a nickname of the Black Viper. She's sort of a renowned a renowned cat burglar, and we sent her into the Xanathar Guild to make contact with a member that could perhaps uh, turn cloak and give us valuable information. But she must have gotten sidetracked. I would almost be willing to do that one for free, because I can only imagine the pure joy and delight it would give me. To lord that over her head for the rest of our days. Well, and listen, you you'll do this of your own time, of course. I I I'm, she's a member of the Hopper, so her health is 
of utmost importance to me, and I would pay you personally from my treasury. But if you do go after Jessica Apostrophe, it's important that you know the name of her contact in the Xanathar Guild who was going to turn Turncloak and give information to the Harpers. Um, and, and that person is... And she's going to be easy to, to identify, unfortunately, because she's the poor thing. Her, her legs were hurt in an incident when she was just a child. Um, so no she's in a wheelchair. Way. Her name is Sylvia Morningstar. I thought she was going to turn. But she's a bitch. Words cannot express how happy I am that Stay Hafunculus caught on, dude. Holy I liked shit. it. It it always made me laugh because I'm yeah, very sure. immature. So I have deliberately put Libra's Arcana Dice for Life in every single episode. In the last four in a row, Garyon has ruined it for me. And I'm so deep. Dude, upset. I'm begging you on my hands and knees, leave it in.